1: Hey there, Sissy Goff, have we got some incredible news to share with our amazing podcast community. We are absolutely thrilled to announce the Raising Boys and Girls podcast tour. This is a dream come true for us because we've had such an incredible time connecting with you through this podcast, but we wanted to take it a step further and meet you face to face.
0: We have handpicked four fantastic cities for the tour. And here's the best part. We wanted to give our podcast listeners the first chance of grabbing tickets.
1: That's right. For today only, we're offering pre-sale tickets exclusively for you, our loyal listeners. Make sure to use the discount code TACOS during the checkout process to be the first to grab tickets at RaisingBoysAndGirls.com slash tour, or check our show notes for a direct link to the tickets
0: we are beyond excited to meet you all in person talk about developing healthy and nurturing relationships with our children and have some fun together this tour is going to be a fantastic opportunity to connect and create a community of parents who are dedicated to raising healthy and hopeful boys and girls
1: so make sure to mark your calendars invite your friends and don't forget to use the discount code tacos To secure your tickets right now before anyone else at raisingboysandgirls.com slash tour
0: thank you all for your support and for being part of this incredible journey with us we truly can't wait to meet you all on the raising boys and girls podcast tour we could not be more excited about this episode of our music city series our worlds are colliding on this one because today we get to visit with the incredible Dave and Kelly Haywood. You probably know Dave as being one third of the amazing Lady A.
1: But you probably didn't know that his beautiful and talented wife, Kelly, is basically our boss. <laughs> Kelly is the co founder of the That Sounds Fun Podcast Network, the home of raising boys and girls. Woohoo! Love. Yes, we have loved being a part of the That Sounds Fun family and getting to work with Kelly.
0: It was so much fun to sit down with this incredible couple. And you know what else is super fun, David?
1: Our brand new podcast music.
0: Yes. Y'all probably noticed we have a new sound and we can hardly believe that Dave Haywood wrote and produced it just for us.
1: We are over the moon about this music and incredibly honored that Dave would share his amazing talent with our Raising Boys and Girls listeners.
0: We have been counting down the days. I mean, we've been talking about this. Has it been a year? Oh, gosh, really? I don't think so. Six months. It's hard to least. get on Kelly's schedule. That's, I know. Trust me. I know. <laughs> right. Well, we really have been counting down the days to get to sit down with y'all. We've been so thank excited you. to get to do this and just thank the world of you both. And so it means a ton to us to get to Thank you. Next. It's an honor to be sitting us. amongst
2: the royalty. <laughs> <laughs> it is truly an honor. Mm-hmm. Love both of you very much. Well, yeah, totally. you too. Right you too. back at you. Yes. Both of you. So we'd
0: love to start with just hearing a little bit about y'all's family and even how y'all met. I don't sure. think we know that
3: story. Yeah,
0: we'd love to hear about that.
3: You want to kick it off? <laughs> oh gosh. Okay.
2: <laughs> um, I think it was 2006 or seven. I moved here in 2004. Dave moved here in six or seven. Six. 2006. Six. Uh, we have a mutual friend who invited Dave to church where I was going to church, and so we. As many young singles do, we go have lunch after church, and we met then. And I actually was, I think, attracted probably pretty quickly. And then he told me that it was he was here to pursue music, and I immediately went. Ugh. <laughs> Did you really? Red flag. Red flag. Oh. Um, because I was working in the music industry, and um, you know, knew what that lifestyle was, and. Mm. So I you know, was like, we'll probably just part ways and it won't turn into anything. But we ended up becoming really good friends. Mm. Uh, and as his career was taking off, my career is taking off in very, very different ways. And uh, we began traveling together on our times off. In the music industry, the, December is kind of the the month that everybody takes long time off. Mm. And so that would be the time when he and I would Uh, pursue what we love to do together, which was skiing. We love to ski, so we would choose a new place to go ski, and we have, he would bring two of his guy friends, I'd bring two of my girlfriends, and we actually coined ourselves the real world because we were all single and we were going, yeah, all living in a house for (laughs) a week and a half. Um, Were y'all pretty comparable skiers? Yeah, I mean, yeah.
3: yeah, she's super, she's faster than me for sure, but I mean, we both love it. I mean, we both love the outdoors love adventure right Um, so so that friendship was was for a number of years but yeah she came she's from dallas i'm from uh, augusta georgia
0: you know we have spoken in your home church have we oh y'all did trinity yes and my parents
3: um my parents were there
0: volunteered
3: yeah yeah loved in that place they could
0: not speak i mean they talked about you so much it was so sweet and Uh i don't think we had met you or maybe you had met them once
3: I think at the maybe time, once but, at the time, but yeah, yeah, I never met y'all, yeah so, you've been yes. you know the turf. We do, yeah, Trinity on the hill back Trinity in Augusta, yeah. Yes. So well, yeah, yeah. she's Texas, some Georgia, and um, but yeah, we we were friends for a number of years, and then uh, it got romantic at some <laughs> yeah. point in time in there. Yeah, we had
2: we we had a little false start, yeah, you know, like we were like, you know, this could be something more, but then I mean, we were both so busy, and um, so we just. Kept friendship and then eventually uh, right after I had broken up with a recent boyfriend he called mm. me and said can I take you out to lunch and I was like this feels a little weird timing wise but it ended up working <laughs> out and wow. uh, so I think we started dating a few months later We and got, engaged. got engaged quickly. It was
3: quick. I mean because we were already we friends. So well. yeah. Yeah, we knew each other so well. Yeah we knew each other so well so having that base of friendship was awesome because mm. you know once we knew it was you know, within six months we got married, we just were like, oh yeah, I've known you for such a long time. So that was a sweet part of, of yeah. us getting together. I
2: had always prayed that I would be, that my husband would be my best friend, that, yeah. that we would have a foundation of friendship. I couldn't, dating in my twenties, I really couldn't wrap my head around meeting someone and then being like, let's spend the rest of our life with each other, just immediately jumping into mm-hmm. dating. Um, so that was a sweet gift from the Lord that yeah. he did grant us friendship before mm-hmm. so we knew you know a lot about each other before we even became romantic mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I love does that, that. sound old-fashioned before no. we became romantic you <laughs> know <laughs> <It's
0: beautiful. laughs> i was just thinking it makes so much sense based on what we i mean i don't know you well yet but yeah. but what we know about you just how thoughtful you are that you would want it to be a thoughtful process yeah and, mm-hmm. and that's how it would yeah mm-hmm. that's cool yeah
1: well, within that story, Dave, at what point did you know that you
3: wanted music to be your life's work? And and will you tell how Lady A got started? Yeah, sure. So I moved, um, well, let me back up. Went to University of Georgia, um, go Dogs. Uh, <laughs> graduated and moved to Atlanta and had a business job. Um, and I was doing actually accounting uh, work, so I majored in sort of computers and accounting and IT stuff. Um, but, anyways, it was a whole different lifestyle for me uh, then. But I grew up playing music and I always loved it. We played in church growing up, sang as a family all the time. Dad taught me how to play guitar. Mom taught me how to play piano. Their family wow. is the Partridge um, family. It really? Is. Yes. Yeah, wow. They all yeah. sing
2: and play. They're wow. some of the most talented individuals you'll ever meet.
3: Yeah. And they still do. My dad, they all play at church or play in the community uh, in Georgia uh, where they live in Augusta. But I've all, I just, Loved music, always loved it. And so I was working in Atlanta at this, you know, suit and tie corporate Buckhead, Georgia job. And I was like, man, this is, I can't see myself doing this forever. I can't. And I, I mean, I, lo- I love the people I worked with. Um, we did a lot of great work and, you know, nothing against accountants. I have a lot of sure. great accountant friends. <laughs>
0: <Sure>. <laughs> uh, a
3: lot of great IT friends still in the industry. Um, but man, it just wasn't for me. And so I was in Atlanta and I was like, I just want to try some passion and just take a risk and try something. And I had that dialogue a lot with my buddy, Charles Kelly, who's in our band. Um, and we grew up in Augusta, Georgia together. He's from Augusta um, as well. And we would kind of talk on the weekends and be like, gosh, how's your job? How's your job? I'm like, man, I'm just miserable. I just, what if we just try doing music, like whatever that looks like. We just load up the car, chase the dream, come to Nashville and it wasn't as innocent as that. And so I quit my job after a couple of years in Atlanta, moved to um, Nashville and I just wanted to give it a shot. I just, you know, I was like, I'd rather try and fall flat on my face than just never give it a shot. So moved um, up here with Charles and we would just write songs every day. Uh, his brother let us crash at his house for free, which was a huge benefit. Um, to be able to do that. Um, And we love him so much. His name's Josh Kelly. But anyways, we we wrote songs, wrote songs. We were at a bar one day and met Hillary Scott, who's born and raised in Nashville. Um, And then we invited her over to write. Again, it's just as innocent as that. We were like, hey, we're just moved up from Georgia. We met her randomly. Let's write songs. People say that's the Nashville pickup line. Um, (laughs) We should write a song. So we invited her over to write a song. And the very first song we wrote, it just was this sort of magical experience where we were like, wow, that felt really special um, mm-hmm. and really unique and really different. Um, and so we invited her back over and we wrote some more songs and ended up kind of having enough songs we had written. We thought we would just write songs as songwriters, pitch them out to you know, everyone's dream is Garth Brooks to cut your song and Tim McGraw and you know, all these big artists. And so we were like, gosh, let's just be songwriters. But we had enough material we had written, the three of us, that we just decided to play a couple shows at 3rd and Lindsley. What year was
0: that? 2006. Okay, 2006. Yeah,
3: I mean, nobody came to those concerts. I mean, there was 5, 10 people, 15 people, but we would just play some of those songs we had written and it started to just kind of snowball and more people started coming and we were like, maybe we should do this legitimately, and so we sort of officially started the band in 2006 and um, started having some music industry people hear about it and show up and, and got a record deal that same end of end of that year um, mm. so we gosh feel multiple, so lucky and blessed
2: multiple offers for record deals I if bet I can't it. if I do remember in which the record label I was working for, he said no to. So Well, yeah, yeah. oh, Ben, y'all were already dating? Or you ran no, as friends? Were okay. Yep. Yeah. France. Okay.
3: But yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, yeah. So her record label and a couple That's others so were interested in, in signing us. But it was a wild time. I mean, I look mm-hmm. back on it now, I feel like I've been five different people since that phase of, of life, right? Okay. Um but gosh, what a what a wild sort of uh I don't know, it just felt like the Lord just led us to a really incredible journey. Mm. Um, so lucky to be here. I wouldn't have met her obviously without it. So never thought I would call Nashville home. You know, those are all kind of new things uh, for me to, to kind of entertain. So anyways, it's been a, been a beautiful journey.
0: Mm. Yep. That's so cool to hear mm-hmm. about. Kelly, you have kind of an incredible career, not kind of, you have an incredible career um, on your own. And we were in your office one day, and I can't remember what the poster says sitting there that you were the Top twenty-five. Oh. of
2: Something that blew me away. Uh, I can't remember. It's, uh, it's Billboard's top yeah. thirty under thirty. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, oh my goodness. So we'd love to hear a little bit about your career and how you found your way to what you're doing now, which includes being one of our bosses. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs>
2: oh, I'm
0: not your we're boss. so grateful for she's yeah. my you're boss my boss. boss.
2: No, she's my boss. Too. <laughs> um, so I grew up in. Dallas, Texas. Went to school at the University of Oklahoma, okay. um, and then moved here right after graduation. I always knew I was coming to Nashville. Something that I actually have never said publicly is that I actually moved here to be a singer. Did you really? I did. I didn't know you sang. Yeah, great recently. singer. Yeah. And um, so got here, but I also am uh, Enneagram three, and so success <laughs> is like very important to me and as you know there's not much success in the music industry there's only a few special folks that make it so i immediately got a job at a record label in town and after i was there and kind of moving up amongst the ranks in a couple of areas i quickly was like this this is more of what i'm supposed to be doing i'm supposed to be on the business side of it i can still enjoy music and be a part of it, but be on, a, on a, the, other, the other end of the spectrum. So I got a job at Warner Music Nashville and started in the promotion department as a temp. And then eventually wow. by the time I left, probably 11 or 12 years later, I was the vice president of brand management. So I spent many years very focused on nasty. my career um, and worked with a lot of amazing artists um, we got married in 2012, so uh, as you can imagine, that career lifestyle, he's gone a lot, and my career was very demanding as well. So I decided that probably a year after we had been married that I needed to make a change for us to be able to see each other, and mm. if we were going to ever start a family, we were going to actually have to you know, be around each other sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so I moved into artist management. So that was I worked for Reba's um, company, Starstruck, for about four years, and I was doing sponsorships and branding for the artists on that roster. And then after that, um, I actually stepped back for a year, and when we had our second child, Lily, um, because life was crazy Mm. and. You know, at some point, you you decide, you know, can I juggle all of this? And so we decided to go for a trial of me pulling back. Very difficult decision for me because career has always been a defining piece of my life. But it also was super necessary for me to go, You are you are more than your career. You are a wife. You are a mom. You are simply a child of God. Like, you don't have to have all of this success tied to your name. Um, so I stepped back for a year. It was a sweet year. It was also a very hard year. I, I've really, really f- have found so much more respect for our stay-at-home moms mm. during that season of my life than I ever have, um, because it's very hard. It is a completely selfless job, yes. and your whole life is centered around your children and their schedules, mm. and um, so did that for a year, year and a half. And it was difficult for me. And Dave could even sense it for me. Like, I feel like you are needing something more, something for you. And so I just kind of opened that up in my prayer life of like, God, if you have something for me, open the door. I was nervous about jumping back into the music industry. It's obviously a little cutthroat um, and you know, when you take a step back, there's not always another door for you to open up. So, but um, that opened up the door for me to work with Annie. Annie at that point was a um, established author. And um, she was kind of at the point in her career where she was like, I'm ready to bring on um, what you called sissy today, a gatekeeper, <laughs> um, which is also called a manager. Yes. Nice. And um, so Annie brought me on as her manager. And so I just, that's when I started my little boutique management firm. And right now I just represent two amazing humans and authors, Annie F. Downs and Carlos Whitaker. And then Annie and I started a podcast network during the pandemic. So. Hmm. I didn't realize that's when it started it did yes it was actually part of a more of a five-year plan that we had talked about when we first sat down with each other but then the pandemic hit and as you know all touring artists speaking you know annie Mm -hmm. had a ton of speaking dates that all got canceled and so we were just sitting around looking at each other like i think we need to move this five-year plan up Mm -hmm. and so we took a chance and hired our first person who was a salesperson to kind of come on board we launched with four podcasts and now you're one of the 17 that we have now wow so, well we're so privileged to get to be
1: <laughs> I was I was thinking that very thing as you were tracking through that timeline and how grateful we are you mm. made that decision yes. you moved that forward and that you would just invite us into. This work. Mm -hmm. How fortunate we are to get to work with you, Kelly. Mm -hmm. We can't say it enough. Yes. So,
0: amen to that.
1: Glad for that to be on record over and over. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Totally.
3: We did.
0: We didn't introduce your kids. We skipped over that. Oh my oh, gosh, go. I'm so sorry. Lily, yeah. you mentioned Lily. Yes. Yeah. so in... We're just tired, I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> we are. We didn't While forget we had them. We just,
1: yeah. Because there's a new member of the family. I that's right. right. I know. I know. He's yes. contributing
3: to your exhaustion. you yeah. got to add true. that in. Yeah, our, uh, that's true. Technically our fourth kid, I'm kidding. We have two dogs. We just got a new puppy. So yeah, we're... Hoof, we're up every night uh, in different sort of iterations of you do this. Kelly did last night. Yeah,
2: thanks a lot, sissy. <laughs> Kelly
3: Kelly did last yes, night, so I, like... I feel great today. But then tomorrow she'll be, you know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Cash is our oldest. He is eight years old and he's in second grade. And then we have Lily, who is five, and she is graduating from the, the preschool. I want to meet awesome. them.
3: Yeah, Cash is. Um. I I, lo- I just love the names from Cashiola. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly's maiden name, um, okay. sort of an ode to her father. We lost him right before we got married, um, but so it's an ode to the okay. Cashiola crew.
2: I always um, thought that I would name, if I was going to give so up my last name, name, I needed to bring it back in some way. Yeah. <laughs> so That's lucky cool. Cash.
3: It's that. a cool name. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah.
2: And then Lily is actually named for Dave's mother, who yeah. her name is Lily. Yep. So we mm. we chose family names for our kids. Beautiful. Mm.
0: David, how many times do we hear parents in our office worrying about keeping their kids busy over the summer?
1: I've lost count. It's that time of year again too. Parents are so worried about not defaulting to screen time during the long days of summer.
0: It can be hard to find creative ways to keep kids busy, challenged, and off of their screens. But KiwiCo does the legwork for parents so they don't have to worry through their summer.
1: KiwiCo is a super cool subscription box for your kids that offers multiple lines of fun and enriching projects that are designed to spark creativity, innovation, and learning.
0: We're using the Science and Art Crate with Henry and he absolutely loves it. He was so excited to make the grabby hand thing from the arcade kit. You know like the claw machines that kids get addicted to?
1: What a fun project. Each crate comes with multiple projects that will keep kids busy for hours and off their screens.
0: Simply select a crate or take their quiz to find the perfect match. Pick a delivery plan and watch your kids' excitement when they get their crates in the
1: mail. Redefine play with KiwiCo. Right now, get 50% off your first month. Crates start at just $14 per month, plus free shipping on any crate line at KiwiCo.com. At Kiwico.com, promo code RBG,
0: fifty percent off your first month plus free shipping at Kiwico.com, promo code RBG. Kiwico.com, promo code RBG. David, you know we spent a lot of time at the lake house during the summer, right?
1: I sure do know that.
0: The cutest thing happened when we were packing to head up there. Henry brought his high vitamin bottle to make sure we didn't forget it
1: that is incredible kids typically try to hide their vitamins so they don't have to take them
0: (laughs) i know it can be so hard to get kids to eat good foods that's why we love Haya kids vitamins Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full body nourishment our kids need with the yummy taste they love
1: they were formulated with the help of nutritional experts and include a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies and 15 essential vitamins and minerals
0: HIA is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door so parents have one less thing to
1: worry about. We've got a special deal from Hiya just for our listeners. Receive 50% off your first order. Just go to HIAHealth.com slash RBG. This deal is not available on their regular website.
0: Visit H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com Slash RBG and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Sweet. Yeah.
1: Sissy, I loved seeing your pictures from the weekend at the lake house with your college friends. We
0: had the best time.
1: I could tell.
0: We laughed harder than I have laughed in a long time.
1: Good for you.
0: That photo of us out on the porch is thanks to the great folks and home threads. We love our new porch furniture. It's so comfortable, functional, and looks incredible.
1: We have loved our home thread purchases as well. I feel like I'm staying in a swanky hotel every time I use our new towels. Connie bought them for when we have guests, and I proceeded to use them for myself, so we had to buy more.
0: (laughs) Parents, are you ready to transform your home into a haven for your growing family? Look no further than Home Threads your destination for stylish and functional furniture that's perfect for raising boys and girls.
1: At HomeThreads.com, discover a curated collection of furniture designed with your family in mind. From durable bunk beds to versatile storage solutions, our pieces are as resilient as your little adventures and always at the best value.
0: I need a lot of durable furniture when it comes to my little nephews.
1: Yes, you do.
0: Create a space where memories are made and imaginations run wild. Go to homethreads.com slash RBG and get 15% off your first order.
1: Home Threads. Shop today and love where you live. Dave, we would love to ask you to have you had a favorite moment or opportunity in your career or
3: a few favorite moments as you think back on it? Wow. Yeah, a lot of them. Man, that's a great question. You know, I think obviously there were some big moments that really opened the door for us career wise Um, I mean there was a really big night at the Grammy Awards in 2009 or 10 we won a a handful of Grammys that night for our song "Need You Now and that really just totally changed the trajectory of what we were doing that was kind of a um, and in in a good way, I say it because it opened the door for us to tour around the world, for our music to kind of go around the world. I love to travel personally, um, and you know we've been able to, you know, have these awesome shows at like the Sydney Opera House in Australia, and the O2 in London, and Switzerland, and Germany, and um, Ireland. I mean, just all these fantastic places. So I mean that that was just such a surreal moment. My mom was watching. We were on the phone talking Aww. that night. It was really sweet and special. That um, felt like a culmination of a lot of hard work, but also just here we go, Lord. Uh, let's see where this takes us. And it opened the door for a lot of things. Um, obviously, there's a lot of like smaller behind the scenes kind of like moments that creatively are really fulfilling. I love songwriting and producing a ton. So I sort of lose sleep over. When we're in the studio staying up with the producer working on stuff all night all day and there's just a lot of sort of personal wins that I kind of take behind closed doors as well to be honest you know when we finish a project and turn in an album I mean there's a lot of hours and months spent on these things and so there's a lot of I would say finishing the creative process anytime we've made an album written the songs and recorded them and Gosh, you pour a lot into them, and um, I'm a perfectionist too, uh, for better for worse. And uh, you know, completing those projects feels really special um, for me. So I, as 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 well as the forward facing things, there's a lot that for me, I kind of just get to cheer in my car on the ride home from the studio, and um, you know, getting to share this with our kids. They came to our concert at the Ryman recently. Mm, um, kinda. Uh, well, they fell asleep on the third song, but they were there. <laughs> they were there but you know for them to see that and and see the tour bus like you know just little things like that to watch your kids light up about getting to come to your dad's job that's a Mm -hmm. really sweet special thing and you know those aren't often often as advertised or in the public eye but those are the big wins that i'm just like i feel so proud of Mm. for for the family as well Mm. yeah
0: well you know we sang you can rest every single night at our yeah. little summer camp last summer every night and i just i mean i think about the kids who were there i mean i feel like you know in this day and time what, more, one in four kids girls twice as likely i mean so and one in three adolescents so i, I mean i don't know i would say 100 kids who yeah. are really struggling in that way got yeah. to sing
3: those words and sing that yeah and those are the, the and right. those are the highlights for me honestly yeah. you know like there's a lot of the the music business is filled with a lot of stats and award shows and this number one and that thing. But gosh, when someone, um, I just saw Katie Boatman who works here with you guys, um, and we wrote that song with Katie, the author, and Hillary, and Hillary singing on it. And yeah, to hear stories Mm -hmm. when, and we saw the video of Mm -hmm. the campers singing it and what that means to people. I Mm -hmm. mean, those are the things I really hang my hat on. Mm -hmm. And those are the moments I'm like, man, I know the Lord has a plan for this work this music and when it when it sees that kind of um when people kind of use it in those contexts it's just what a blessing what i mean that's kind of why we do it i mean Mm -hmm. i have those songs for me Mm -hmm. you know that i go to Mm -hmm. and just cling to in hard moments right and that 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 song is that for someone else is Mm -hmm. just almost brings me to tears so that's those are the those are the proud moments as well
0: wow certainly was last summer. So. Can
3: I say this to you too? I was thinking when
1: the two of you were laughing about your kids being at that concert, I was thinking about the other thing that I feel like you give to people consistently. So I was at that concert at the Ryman with my kids. That oh, night, good. Did you by, fall asleep? or did you I sleep? did not. <laughs> okay. I was up the whole night. Good. And, Behind me was a mom holding a little girl who was probably six, singing every word, Aww. both of them. Mm. And then here I was with my kids who were in college, and I remember looking around the room and seeing so many kids of different ages, from yeah. little to teenagers, and thinking, we talk so much about connection, mm. about, yeah. you know, in this fast-paced world, it is just easier than ever, I think, for relationship with kids to become defined around getting from point A to point B in the next extracurricular activity. Yeah. and that we've got to camp out in places of just enjoyment and connection. And yeah. and I feel like that is something you all are giving to families. And yeah. and I got to watch it happen in that room. And just yeah. how many parents were there singing with
3: kids of all oh, ages. That's so awesome. Because your music is just so great. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. I mean, to, sweet to have that, those yeah. moments. We're doing a tour where a lot of the set list is based on people requesting songs and it's all very intimate but that's the goal hillary has been a big proponent of that like we got to find ways to connect with people but you know bigger than that like you know to have families like share and in those experiences is that's so special i mean we we're intentional about trying to make our music cleaner in that way too we want it to be approachable for everyone um because it is so special i mean we have you know people are always like what's your target what's your fan i'm like I mean we have grandmas that are 85 and we've got little girls that are 5 and they all love so American honey. Fun. I mean it's yes. that's a sweet that that's something we feel so lucky is was that it's not just a specific you know there's a lot of different ages that that have been able to enjoy our music and so that's a that's a huge compliment thank you so much thank you it was fun that was a fun oh that was so fun we opened our tour at the Ryman, which was a little (laughs) nerve-wracking most people open up in you know somewhere outside or or, or a different city somewhere
2: crowd sometimes
3: yeah the nashville Mm -hmm. i mean it's every music person too and but um that was so special what a what a special night in a special Mm. room and yeah, thank you for that. Our
2: kids are totally unaffected by him and what he does, though, as you can tell, because it was song number three, and they were completely <laughs> conked out. Lily was l- completely conked out on me. Cash was like had a Gatorade mustache, <laughs> was like yeah. laying back. So, I mean, they they're like, I don't know what cool dad. Yeah, <laughs> good to see you up there. You know, That's so sweet, it's funny.
0: I would love to hear what you would say in terms of encouragement for moms who are trying to balance work and family because you do it really beautifully and
2: obviously intentionally. Yeah. And so we'd love to hear you speak to that. Someday. Well, thank you for saying that. Yes. Um, I I think the real honest answer is that it's hard to balance. Mm. It's actually not possible to give 100% in every part of your life. Yes. And I think that you really have to be intentional about the times in your life where you give more attention. To whether it is career or your children or your husband or what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really hard. I, I think it's, it's not a good thing to put out there that you can have it all and it's all going to be great because mm. it's actually something has to be sacrificed. And so I really try to be intentional about carving out times where I am very much more focused on my family. Like, I take off three to four weeks in the summer because that's when my kids are off. And it's super important that they understand that they're more important than my job. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can do that. Right. There are not families that have that opportunity. So I think it's just intentionality of, you know, when you're carving out time for your family, that you're present and you're there, you're not on your phone, you're not checking emails. And I still, don't do that well sometimes you know I try to never miss bedtime because I spend a really good amount of time with both of them getting them ready for bed and that that's when I hear a lot of stories that they would not have told me earlier in the day Um, because they're quiet and they're planning to to rest and so they're not on a device or distracted by a dog or eating or so. I think it's just really trying to be intentional with your time, with your kids, mm-hmm. and I, I somebody, I have no idea who gave me this advice, but it, obviously it, the advice stuck with me very, very um, much so, which was that um, it's better to spend 10 really concentrated time, 10 minutes with your kids, really concentrated, engaged in their play, talking to them, eye contact, than it is to be with them all day and completely distracted and uninvolved so I really try to do that and again I would say in the last two weeks probably I have not done a great job of that but um, I try to and and know that there are some times when my kids won't get the best of me and thankfully we have a marriage in which he is just as much, he is an equal partner, we're not one of those families that have one parent doing that much more than the other and so Whenever I have to be focused on career, then he can step in and be that present parent. So Mm. I think it's just hard to tell parents, especially women, Mm. who take on a lot more, sorry, guys, than Mm. men a lot of times. And um, I think it's just, you know, we just have to give our best. And and then the rest you just have to give to God and hope that he'll take care of all the mistakes you're making. (laughs) Yes. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, For that reminder. Yeah, mm, so, so grateful good.
1: you spoke that to women. Know. I'm so happy you said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have one more music-specific question we yeah. want to ask. Mm. So, do each of you have a favorite Lady A song and why?
3: Oh, all of them, right, Kelly? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding.
2: Um, I mean, I I'm a deep cuts kind of a person. I really, I mean, obviously there are. Everybody knows the hits and they're all wonderful. Um, but I'm the one that like, why wasn't this a single? And why didn't you release this one? Um, and I try not to say too much of it because my music background comes in and I'm like <laughs> trying to manage him. And that's when things get a little sticky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We,
3: we don't work together. That's been the best decision in our marriage. That is for sure.
2: Um, but if for the ones that people know, I think I Run To You is my favorite. Mm. I think that that song is so powerful, so meaningful, meets people in their pain and grief in a way that not many songs can, and I think it will stand the test of time. Mm. I think that'll be a generational song Mm. that will Mm. be a part of many people's soundtracks Mm. for a long time, but Deep Cut, um, there's a song I I'm not going to know what album it is, but there's a song on their. You don't album. have to have it all memorized. I think no, thanks yeah. is called "It Ain't Pretty,"
3: okay.
2: and it's a song that never got released, but it is just a beautiful ballad about a girl going out and right after she's been li- right after a relationship, and it's just a really beautiful ballad mm. song about life is not always pretty, mm. so i have to go look for that.
3: It's yeah, really it's, good. Yeah. It's really good. Um, gosh, we, we didn't share our answers beforehand, but I was um thinking I Run to You as well. I mean, that mm. song, it, you know, we wrote that with Tom Douglas, who's a great, uh, I mean, we were really nervous to walk in that day with him. This was like early, early Lady A. We had just started, we had got set up with Tom Douglas, which is iconic and all these big songs. And we walked in. Um, and he had just written this poem. He had run the national Marathon. He had written this poem about things you run to, from, um, and it was so, such a, just a holy kind of experience. It was a really, we've never written like that actually ever since. It was, it's such a Tom Douglas thing, um, but so he had this whole poem, um, really not much music, just kind of this poem, and it was beautiful, and we just kind of We just jumped right in with the music. We just kind of, we, we melodies, guitar, piano stuff, and it started happening quick. But that song, I mean, it's kind of aged like a fine wine in a way where like every season of what we have gone through in this world, um, you know, in our communities, gosh, it's just helped people process some emotions. This is where I cry. It's been a part of some really hard moments Mm -hmm. for people, um, and you talk about an honor. That's a big honor. Um, but anyways, that song has shown up, you know, around some of the things we've walked through in our community with the covenant families. And um, that that song has meant so much mm. to people. And it means different things. I mean, we've we performed a version recently. You know, we changed it to I Run to You, Jesus. And, mm. and you know, I've seen people perform it in churches. And when a song kind of takes on a life of its own um, and it can be um, just you know, accepted in different ways. That's just so special. So that, that one, I mean, this world keeps spinning faster into a new disaster. So I run to you. I mean, if that's not a message of hope of the gospel, I mean, it's like, you know, and that's what Tom, I think is so great at as a songwriter, um, finding ways to, I mean, I asked him, I was like, we wrote recently. I was like, how do you, how do you keep doing this so well, Tom? Mm. (laughs) And he goes, I've been writing the same song for 30 years. It's just about hope. And I was like, whoa, I mean, it's just he's like, I'm just a broken man and all I have is hope. And, and you know, that's that. So anyways, coming from that that man, I adore him. But um, yes. that song is so special. And man, it just means so much to us uh, mm-hmm. as a band and as a family and to a lot of people.
2: Didn't you the song that you wrote for me? Wasn't that a co-write with him?
3: Uh, no, no. The one oh, I wrote for you was just by myself. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, so i wanted to give it to Tom. <laughs> um, no, oh, there's a song on our too. last record. Um, I actually had... I don't step out and do lead vocals in our band, but I did on the last record um, and wrote a song just by myself for Kelly called Working on This Love. I wrote it for her for mm. Mother's, Mother's Day, Day. Yeah. Um, 2022. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's on our last record. And just Aww. a simple little... I mean, a simple little kind of guitar vocal thing. Uh, but Yeah. You should have said that was your favorite. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Yikes.
0: Well, Tom is a part of this series with y'all. Tom and Katie. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Katie was in, I, I get confused. Was she in youth group or it was like an offshoot of youth group with Melissa? Who oh. helped name Daystar. Oh. And yeah. so she's been involved in Daystar from early on and is on our board. And so they're just such Aww. big champions of Daystar. Aww. We left. Tom tricky. is actually
2: the one who introduced us to Daystar. Oh, wow. He is. That's it right. It was the That's pandemic, right. and we got a little the box. The box. Yeah. Oh. And I was like, whoever created this is brilliant. Yeah.
3: Oh, we will yeah. tell. But that showed up at the right time for us, too. I mean, you guys and, and what y'all are doing. It's been kind of right on time for things we're walking through as well mm-hmm. as parents. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's a beautiful connection. Mm-hmm. A I bit. listen yeah.
2: to your so. podcast just as much as I read my Bible right now. So <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know. it's. We are honored. Yeah, we it's helping us through, through, helping yeah, us sure through. It really is. Thank, yes. you.
0: Thank you. I don't know about you, David, but when summer rolls around every year, I find myself wanting a meal refresh.
1: Oh, you sound just like Connie. Once June hits, Connie is all about the fresh recipes. The other night we made Every Plate's Caramelized Zucchini Linguini and it was delicious.
0: Every Plate is a perfect way to try new summer recipes while not breaking the budget. I had the roasted bell pepper flatbread last week and it was incredible.
1: That sounds amazing. Besides having yummy summer dishes, Every Plate helps you save time and money. It's 25% cheaper than grocery shopping, and you make fewer trips to the grocery store with meals ready in 30 minutes or less. Some dinners take only 15 minutes or less.
0: Getting all the ingredients delivered right to your door means more time sitting outside and enjoying the summer weather.
1: Get started with every plate for just $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com/podcast and entering code RBG49
0: that's just a dollar 49 per meal by going to everyplate.com podcast and entering code rbg49
1: you know sissy ever since i started feeding Owen sunday's dog food i feel like i'm winning my dog parenting
0: david that's because sundays is healthy and convenient
1: i always knew owen preferred human food sundays is made with a short list of human-grade ingredients, 90% meat, 10% vegetables, and 0% synthetic nutrients.
0: I've heard that dog parents report noticeable health improvements in their pups, including softer fur, fresher breath, better poops, and more energy. Are you seeing this with Owen?
1: I sure am. Owen is thrilled with Sundays, and so am I. And you know what? Connie is too, because Sundays is so easy to store and so easy to serve.
0: Got to keep that dog mama happy, too. We worked out a special deal just for our listeners with Sundays for Dogs. Get 35% off your first order of Sundays. Go to SundaysForDogs.com slash RBG or use code RBG at checkout.
1: That's S-U-N-D-A-Y-S-F-O-R-D-O-G-S dot com forward slash RBG. Give your pup the royal treatment with Sundays Dog Food.
0: Well, okay, so speaking of the podcast, in this season, we're talking about Raising Emotionally Strong Worry-Free Kids, and we would love to hear a story from each of your growing up that you think has contributed to who you are as people and your emotional strength, all those things. Do you, you
2: want to me? start? Go okay. ahead. Um, so I, I mentioned this, but I am an Enneagram 3, and so... My when I am in unhealth, I am very much super hyper focused on success and so, um, and what that means for how people see me and things like that. Um, my childhood is got a lot of success in it. I did a lot of sports growing up and I was, you know, fairly good at a lot of them. I did arts and musical theater. But the the story that stands out is a story of um, defeat and of disappointment and I really try to channel that a lot whenever I'm thinking about and parenting my kids and that is that um, I played competitive soccer growing up. It was a travel ball team so it was like the first flight I ever took was to Washington D.C. to go play soccer. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really thought this is what's gonna take me to college, I'm gonna play You know, get a scholarship. And um, I was every year you try out for the teams, and there are a few top teams, and everybody wants to make those teams. Um, And I tried out for these top teams and did not actually make any of the top three teams. Mm -hmm. And this was probably the beginning of high school, so ninth or tenth grade. And it was devastating. It was the first real loss that I had experienced. It was the first time that I did not feel like I was good enough. I Mm. felt very much like, wow, like this loss, it feels so heavy. And so, you know, I remember crying for days. And, you know, my parents were so great through it. But what I learned the most about it is that I I learned – so much about how to grow as a person and how to embrace those failures and know that that is the way to success eventually, that I the fact that I tried was the success Mm. and not giving up and not doing it because I might not make it, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And we really try to utilize that with both of our kids and talk about, you know, our failures. We really try to express to them, you know, I'm playing tennis and I'm, I I lost today. It was not good and but that's okay. I had fun and that's so great. Maybe I'll win the next match. Mm. You know. So we really try to dialogue with them and make them understand that we're not perfect either. We make mistakes. We fail. Um, and I don't know if I would really attach to that if that had not mm. happened to me. Mm. So, hmm.
0: And we don't get everything we want. That's yes. right. So good. Yeah. All of those lessons are yeah. so yeah. good. And
2: I remember, um, I mean, I remember my dad would, maybe this is why I love nighttime so much, my dad would always come in and say prayers with me, even mm. all the way through almost to, through to high school. And um, I remember him encouraging me every single night, you know, um, and I had made another team and I didn't want to do it. I wanted to quit because it wasn't the best team. And he was like, we're not going to do that. You're going to you're gonna play soccer because you love it and you're good at it. And this is the team that you were meant to be on. And so just yeah, that dad. other encouragement wow. from him to go, just because you didn't get what you want, you don't get to quit. Yes. Mm-hmm. So a lot of really big lessons out of that one experience that, you know, if you look at the overall of life, it's probably not that monumental, but it. It's very much a big moment in my childhood, mm-hmm. so I'm so glad you shared that.
3: Yeah. yeah, I love hearing this too. I feel like <laughs> it's this is great. It's like marriage counseling. You know? <laughs> it's good to hear little new pieces of these stories, yes. right? Um, gosh, you know, I think mine was a little bit more of like a posture and some things from my dad that I learned. Had a wonderful household, mom and dad, just a really incredible household to grow up in. Um, but my dad had such a great Posture towards, like, we would ride. What came to mind, we would ride in the car and listen to the radio a lot, uh, going to church or going somewhere, school or something. Um, and my dad kind of taught me, he's super musical as well. He kind of taught me how to um, listen to the radio and he could pick out the chords that were playing on the guitar and be like, oh, yeah, here, that's a G chord, C chord, D chord, mm-hmm. you know. And after a while, we kind of, he loves music and, you know, I love it as well. And I kind of picked up how to do that. Um, and he was so good about encouraging me. He's a very like, what colors your parachute? If you remember that old um, book about things that you're called to and your gifts. He was so great about um, supporting things that you're talented at and gifted at. And um, you know, he would so many times, son, you're so talented at music and so gifted at this. And I remember as a high schooler being like, no, I'm not, Dad. I mean. I'm, I'm talented at this other thing that I worked really really hard at and then I did it he's like no 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 that's that's you may have succeeded at that but the mm-hmm. things that come easy are what you're talented at I know that sounds so obvious as an adult but as a high school kid I was like oh you mean that thing that's easy so when we listen to the radio and I can tell you what key it's in and what the chords are and like yeah that's easy I know how to do that he's like yeah that's your talent that your talent yeah. you're, you have a gift God's given you a gift in that And so it's been beautiful to kind of look back that I'm actually doing music now for a career um, about how that those kind of moments kind of just pushed me along. Like, wait a minute, the things that do come easy. God has given you those gifts and talents and to lean into those. Mm. um, You know, there's a lot of things that were and that's probably like accounting was hard. I I just was not a great (laughs) accountant, Uh, worked really hard at it Mm. and achieved some things. But boy, that was not a natural ability for me by any means. Mm. It was just not. That was just challenging and hard. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't know. I think it's just the encouragement on recognizing your gifts, recognizing how to use your gifts, um, was something he was great at.
2: See that in our, your kids too. Yeah. Because like, yes. that, as far as like anxiety and worry, to give them something, encourage them into, like, this is something I see in you. You're yes. so good at this. Yes. To right. encourage that. Because I think a lot of times, and our oldest is definitely like this, like, he doesn't feel good at a lot of things and so he doesn't want to try them Mm -hmm. and so that can provoke anxiety in Mm -hmm. in kids so trying to figure out ways to encourage our kids to shine that light Mm -hmm. kind of like his dad did yeah
3: and and i I mean that's the goal as parents right we want to have them try everything (laughs) and then you spotlight a couple you go ooh, yeah hey when you did musical theater that was pretty special right i mean we're all trying to zero in and you know, we're in that phase right now of, let me try this camp. Let me try that camp. Let me right, try this activity. Right. Uh, we're still figuring out who our kids are and, and yeah. what they're, well, we're always going to be doing that. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, some, I don't know. I just so thankful for his, um, I don't know, just the way that he would encourage that. He's a great encourager. He's mm-hmm. a teacher. He's a dentist. Um, and, uh, great, great man.
0: Well, I love too that it's it's speaking to confidence, but
3: not arrogance. Yeah, <laughs> to keep yeah. Going
0: back, dude, this is a gift God gave you. God yeah. gave you this gift, right?
3: And yeah, that's the ho- that's the hope in me telling mm-hmm. that story. It's not like look look at that. It's just like son, God has blessed you with yes. this. Um, let's pray about how He can use you for that. Mm-hmm. You know, because man, yeah. that's a that's a gift. So it's that a that's a great His perspective, a biblical mm-hmm. perspective on on raising us in that way was was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, you began,
1: both of you speaking into the next question we wanted to ask, which is just, are there any other things that you think help your kids become more emotionally strong or
2: worry free? Yeah, that's hard. I think we just talked about this yesterday. (laughs) Um, I, I think that the thing that I feel the most is the only thing that I have control over and that is that when my kids walk through my door that they feel known and loved Mm -hmm. because the outside world will not always make them feel that way. And so, that's the only thing I have control over is that when they get come back into our house that they can feel completely loved and know that they can be 100% themselves and that nothing will change the way that we feel about them or the way that they can feel about themselves. Um, So I would say that that is really the only thing that I have control over. Um, And then, I I don't know, I think just the rest of this is really not to be like, you know, hand all your cares and worries to God, but really that's what we have to do is just pray that the Lord... for for all of our shortcomings where we mess up that he'll take care of it and carry them through and make them resilient kids and give us continued tools to help them work through all of the hard stuff like you guys and, and those other tools where we can get assistance and help. I mean, Dave and I both do counseling ourselves and we also, you know, try to Think about what that might look like for our kids in the future if they need that, and so just being open to all of that for our kids. Mm. I don't know if that's yes. yeah.
3: I, I would echo that too. I would to piggy back off that. I, I feel that a lot too. We talk about that a lot. That we want we just want home to be that safe place you belong. You know, like it's a hard hard world out there. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. But we just hope that when they come home. It is, I mean, obviously we all have structure and we all have moments of teaching and discipline. We're all reasonable parents, but I just hope and pray that it's like that Brene Brown manifesto, if you've read it, about what she wants her kids to feel when they walk through that door, which is this is where you belong, Mm -hmm. or this is you belong everything you've ever done. You're fine. We love you. Um, You just have so much worth. You have so much value. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we just, we try to pump that pretty hard. I, I think... Making the house, making the home feel like it is the safest place emotionally, hopefully gives them that confidence to kind of go out into the world um, and uh, and and do great things. So, yeah, I think we're we're in that same boat and kind of have that same mantra of, you know, let's make the home. I mean, you know, let's be silly, let's play, let's have fun. I want them to just, you know, like it's there's going to be some challenges. We're all going to have big challenges we face but to know that they're loved no matter what, um, I just feel like it's such a huge part of of what we can do as parents, right? I mean, we can, like she's saying, gosh, you just don't have control over much, you know? So what we can do is make sure they're loved unconditionally. Um, So that's a a big focus for us. I think to experience the two of you as people Mm. and imagine
1: all the ways that translates into your parenting I can just envision all the ways your kids would feel seen and known and loved. Mm. That is easy to imagine to experience you both as people. Mm. Thank you. Yeah.
0: I remember a girl saying to me she was having a hard time with some friendships and having a hard time with her mom and dad and she said to me. I mean, I don't know what's happening because home is supposed to be the safest place to, place of all. Mm. And and that's what y'all are, yeah, who you are. yeah, Not just, I mean, all of your intentionality, obviously, but it flows so much from who you are. Yeah. I love that you said
3: that. Yeah. And I think we both felt that ourselves from our families. I mean, so that's what we're wanting to pass on as well, yeah. you know, that you'll always have that place where you're loved unconditionally. Mm. So.
0: Yeah. So thinking back on early years of parenting, mm-hmm. what is something you would each say you worried about that now you wish you hadn't?
3: Oh, my gosh. We're still in the early, still kind of years. early years. You are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> Way um, back.
2: Um, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, go. you go.
3: No, I was just going to say the sleep schedules. Those early <laughs> sleep. I mean, I just got married to those where they could not be shaken by a minute. I mean, and it was like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just, now, you know, you have more than one child. You kind of start to go, oh, oh, okay. You just got to take them along with your life. They'll nap when they nap. I mean, we're not at that free with it all. But, like, I was the structure of that. I remember, like, I can't go to Walgreens. I got to be backed for the nap. And, nap, you know, <laughs> nap starts at 2.30, guys. That was There's probably no me. movement. That was probably me. But that's, class, him that. you know, the classic first time kind of parenting. Yes. Uh, fear and worry. Yeah. Um, and so that I just laugh about that because um, that question brings that to mind for me yeah
2: i I think that you know cash our first is very much a carbon copy of Dave and Dave and I are very different um, and so I think I wish that I would have said to my um, I mean, it's not that long ago, eight years ago, (laughs) that, um, that you, it's, you, it's okay. You're going to be equipped to parent a child that's different than you and that you can get the resources to do that. And he's just, we're just very different. And so I had a hard time being like, oh, why is he not doing this? Or why is he not doing that? And I just, as an encouragement to parents, like you are going to have children that are not you. That's, that's the whole point is that God made one of us of one of each of us and and your child is not a mini you it is their own person and to embrace that earlier on i think i kind of pushed against it a little bit trying to be like well everybody's supposed to be like this um but just to embrace who they are and and also seek out the tools to help you be able to understand that about yourself and for them um, but, yeah, I think just there was a lot of worry for me on the front end that I wish I could tell mm-hmm. that person that it's going to be OK. He's perfect. Mm. She's perfect the way that, they, that God made them. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy and that you're not going to have conflict and that this parenting journey is going to be difficult. I mean, I'm talking to people now who have. Teenagers, and I know that it gets harder. So <laughs> I'm just going to try to tell my future self the same thing. Like, <laughs> good. We'll play this back for yeah, you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Is just try not to to worry as much. And, and I <laughs> know you're laughing. No, I, that's and all so I do. I mean, that's so all true. I do.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, but I mean, I, I know all parents do that, but I just wish I could give myself a little bit of grace of like, there's nothing that you're going to do that's going to screw them up that bad (laughs) Yes. yes. so and it's okay that that they're going to be different than you Mm. and in fact embrace that and highlight that and celebrate it yeah Mm. such a great reminder
1: building on that is there one statement you wish someone had said to you or something someone did say to you that you really have hung on to
2: (laughs) i wish that i so the You've said this a lot. I'm very much a perfectionist in a lot of ways. I wish my, I would have, somebody would have said to me, I don't care what your house looks like. Mm. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's okay (laughs) Mm -hmm. to be messy. Let your kids be messy. I don't do that as much as I should. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, this is just the reality of we all make mistakes, but sometimes my daughter looks up at me and when she spills something and goes, it's okay, mommy, right? <laughs> and kind of like, oh, mm. I have done that. that. I have done that. Mm. So I'm slowly trying to <laughs> to repair that. But I think that statement of just let your kids be kids, like mm. your house, you want those little pieces of memory in your house to remember mm-hmm. those little little ages, little stages. Oh, so.
3: The scuffs on the hardwood.
2: Yeah. That well. is yeah. such
0: a great reminder. Yes. I just this week have noticed, I put down road tape. Yep. Do y'all have any of that road yep. tape? Yeah. Yep. For Henry and I have noticed, I pulled it off and it pulled off the, the wood Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So thank you. You yeah. are giving to me today because I can think. Oh, You'll remember, remember when, when he was you did four. that when he was yes. four. Yeah. 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 So
2: thanks. Yeah. yeah. Good oh. reminder. It is. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. nobody's looking at your hardwood no. floors. Yes. I mean, I don't know what we think, but nobody is looking in the corners of my house when they come in. Nobody's checking to make sure that the you know there's no drips under the sink. Like I just, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Wow. It's it's yes. a ridiculous notion. Yes, but, but I'm tracking with you. Yeah. Oh
3: but it's all worth it that would be my statement like that someone it is all worth it you know when you're when you're sleep deprived and when it's hard and you're pulling your hair out like it's just all worth it i mean these kids are just it's just the greatest gift um i mean it's just what my whole world just spins around it really Mm -hmm. is i mean you know we've we're just so thrilled and, and thankful for them so it's it's all worth it even when it's really hard yeah
0: Well, y'all have shared a lot of great truth already. I mean, I feel like there's so many things we could take away. But thinking about worry and thinking about anxiety and how much we're seeing it in kids and in parents, and we talk so much about having kind of truths you go back to, foundational truths, what would you each say is one truth that you go back to that helps you worry less?
3: I mean, for me, to piggyback off what you said earlier, I mean, that we're not in control. I mean, this is you know, step one and the 12 steps, and this is biblical, I mean, this is, you know, I'm not in control of all this stuff, so I'm going to do the best I can uh, and hang my hat on that and, and trust God has uh, it, it in his hands. And so I, th- I, it sounds so simple, but boy, when it gets hard, I've really had to lean hard into that. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a Sunday school answer, but when you're really faced with a challenge I've, I, I lean on that one a lot, it's like I'm not in control. Mm-hmm. This is a reminder of the gospel of why we need faith mm-hmm. is because I can't control what the outcome is going to be. Uh, I can't fix this thing, I can't change this thing. Um, this is why I need Jesus. And so that's, it's kind of the crux of the gospel, right? I mean, our need mm-hmm. for a savior, our need for help is because we can't do this on our own. And can't control things, so so that that part of letting go is is I go to all the time every morning. Really, every morning, it's a practice of like, all right, Lord, I'm so thankful for today. I'm gonna do the best I can. Let's see what happens, (laughs) you know. Because let's hold on and and you know do the best we can. Mm
2: -hmm. I mean, I would totally echo that. I mean, Dave and I are actually in a season where we there's a lot of in the future that's unknown, and so. I, yes, just yesterday, just was saying to him, I just feel out of control. I feel like I have control over nothing. Mm -hmm. And these are the very moments where we need to remind our kids that we feel out of control, too. But there is something to be thankful for and and know that we'll be there for you and that God will never leave you or forsake Mm -hmm. you. Um, And I think, too, just the other truth I want them to know is that you are enough. Mm. Cash, you are enough. Lily, you are enough. You're not too big. You're not too little. You're enough. Mm. And I want them to be able to live that truth out for the rest of their lives. Mm. I want them to know that when they're, you know, facing challenges in school, when they're thinking about getting engaged and getting married, that, that they're enough. Yeah. Mm.
1: You too. Oh, I
0: know. I know.
1: We could hold them hostage for I, I days on to. end. yes
0: we could.
2: We could, could <laughs> but
1: we won't, but we like to end with something fun and food related. Oh good. I am hungry. Oh good, I'm hungry okay. too. Okay. Okay. Oh, We're <laughs> add to that now. We've got a two part question which is queso or guac and what's your favorite kind of taco? Oh.
2: This is a very important question for a girl from Texas. I was gonna say, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You could you could start play on a whole other Texas episode (laughs) featuring Kelly.
2: Um this is a hard question. I think queso really is good across the board. It's really hard to mess up queso. So I am very much pro guac. I always choose guac. But it has to be good because you know you've all had bad guac. True. Like it needs to be homemade. It needs to have all the fixings inside. Dave actually makes fantastic guac. Ooh! Um, Can we get your recipe? I, I'm gonna
3: share it when she's done because it's very uh, it's, it's important to me. But yes, okay. I will share it. Will <laughs>
2: okay. Share it. But I'm I'm definitely team guac. Team guac. Oh
3: yeah. So That's guacamole, good. I'll go team guac for sure. But I make it for all of our like parties when we go out lake days and stuff. I always make guacamole and everyone is like. How do you make it? It's so good. And I'm not even kidding. I say this. I'm only as good as my avocados. I mean, <laughs> it is the most simple recipe. Just avocado, tomato and onion okay. and salt and pepper. And you can put a little splash of lime if you want. But everybody starts putting garlic, salt and paprika and like all these things in there. like. Just Don't let the avocado. It. If it's a good avocado, yes. let it be the hero.
2: Yeah,
3: yes, right, a great Statement. Okay. Anyways, yeah. the people are. Always, I make right. it for events, the and they're hero. like, "I need to get this recipe." I'm like, "It's just avocados. <laughs> I mean, that's about it." So there it is.
2: That is great. Okay, um, favorite taco. Mm-hmm. I I am again just Texas girl. I just like a hard shelled beef taco with all the fixins. Mm. I want cheese, lettuce, mm-hmm. tomato, mm-hmm. all of it. Mm good choice
3: wow you are that's a good Texas answer yeah um, I love hearing from Texas on this <laughs> just love it oh I don't know if I have a Georgia themed one I was going to say um, bang bang shrimp oh it's that kind of like spicy sweet mm-hmm. shrimp Ew. fried
2: Ew. thing <laughs> that's so gross I,
3: I like you know like fish tacos so fish tacos shrimp tacos but the Bang Bang Shrimp Taco, it's kind of, is that too bougie? I don't know. Yeah, that just feels. I, <laughs> I, I like them. They're good. Yeah. <laughs> We're moving from parenting to marital right Right, <laughs> That, that is exactly
0: right. That's right. <laughs> Y'all, thank you.
3: Well, thank uh, thanks so for nice. having us. Y'all are such a gift to us. Thank wow. you for sitting with us. Thank you. Yeah, thanks right. for
2: helping us parent our children. I mean that in all seriousness.
3: Yeah, you're on a y'all, y'all's uh, work is on a constant group thread with a couple of different people we're walking through life with. So, a lot of good. Hey, did you guys hear this? Check this out. So, um, gosh, keep doing what you're doing because it's just you may not see all the corners it's shared in, but it, man, we share it in a lot of corners. Um, so, thank you. Yeah, that
0: means so much. It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House.
1: If you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to click the follow button in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. To learn more about our parenting resources or to see if we're coming to a city near you, visit our website at raisingboysandgirls.com.
0: Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.